of Jesus Christ shall be the head in this hour and not the tail. The church of Jesus shall not conform in this hour. We will not bow to Baal in this hour. The church of Jesus shall prosper. We shall be a people unto Him without spot and blemish. This is the hour for the church. Come on, lift those hands and say, Lord, this is the hour for your church this is the hour Lord for the church hallelujah oh come on somebody better shout somebody better jump somebody better dance Jesus Jesus this is our time church I feel a heavy anointing of the Lord in this place. Oh, hallelujah. This is the hour for the church. This is the hour for the church. We give you praise, Lord. We say, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Our best strength. Come and have your way. Come and change every heart, every life for your glory. In the name of Jesus, we promise you whatever happens in this place, you will get all the glory. I just know something good is about to happen. Oh, something good is about to happen. If you believe that, come on, give Jesus the highest praise. Come on. Hallelujah. Praise Him, praise Him, praise Him. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Come on, I want you to greet somebody. Tell somebody today, the church of Jesus is not going down. The gates of hell will not prevail against the church. I want to welcome you quickly to another Sunday morning here at Faith City. The best place to be. You could be any place in the world, but you decided to come to church. Today, I want you to hold on to your seats. Because something is, a ha- is about to happen for you, for your household. Or maybe I must speak to the, this side. Maybe you hear me. Something good woo, is about to happen. Now, as is the, is, it is the custom of Faith City that when of our worship, we would like to take up our offering. And uh, our offering, by the way, is part of our worship. And you, you should never forget that the offering should be always be part of our worship. The Bible speaks on offering so many times. There's so many, so many scriptures that I can keep you busy on, on, on giving unto the Lord. But one of the things is that I want Faith City to come to a place where we give because we love. We don't give because of compulsion. Come on, we don't give because somebody, somebody stirred my emotions and feelings. We are giving because we believe that it's better to give than to receive. And I don't know about you, but I'm speaking to the faithful people. If you look at out what's going on around the world, the only thing that will keep you is your giving. Come on, that's what the Bible says. It's our giving account. Now, I want to speak to the people of faith right now. You will not run out. You will run over. I said you will ru- not run out. Whoa. You will run over. You, I said this again. You will not run out. 
You know, the devil hates this. The devil hates prosperity. Do you know why? Because the devil thinks as long as he can keep you poor, you are dependent on him. <laughs> because he's a poor guy. I said, he's a poor guy. The Bible says, my God, my God, to him belong all the silver, all the gold, all the cattle on a thousand hills belongs to him. Hallelujah. So I want you to believe that without a shadow of doubt that the church of Jesus Christ is not going down. Not like the governments of this world would like to see go down. The church will never go into poverty in the name of Jesus. I want to I say this, then we're going to take up our offering. If you listen to the word of God and you understand it and you become a scholar of the word, one thing is for sure, the money of the unjust is coming to the church. And there's nothing that the devil can do about it. You are worried about them firing you because you're not bowing your knee. Let me tell you, the money that's coming to the church, you're part of the church. The money that's coming to the just. Oh, God will do for you more in one year than the world can do for you in 20. Mark my words. I said, mark my words. And if you are the righteous, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Come on, I want to give you the opportunity to come and sow your tithe when you're offering these buckets in front. We understand that our tithing belongs to the Lord. The Lord says, he says, come and test me in this and see if I will not open up the windows of heaven and pour out such a blessing on you. There's a card machine in the back of Irvin for those who wants to use the machine in the back. And then we're going to get into the word of the Lord. Boston, is, are you here? Is, is Boston here? The Lord bless you and keep you. He makes His face shine upon you. Be gracious to you. The Lord turn His face towards you and give you peace. Come on, declare this. The Lord bless me and keep me. Make His face shine upon me and be gracious to me. The Lord turn His face towards me and give me peace. Do you believe that? So this morning, Lord, we thank you that there will be not a day in our lives that we will not have seed to sow. Your word says that you will give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. And according to your word, Lord, we declare that we will always have more than enough. Thank you, Lord, that we can remind ourselves that it's the Lord our God who gives us power to get wealth. Thank you, Lord, that it's the blessing of the Lord that makes us rich. And no sorrow is added to the blessing of the Lord. We always remember you, Lord, and we thank you that every seed sown into soil, Lord, that souls will come in to the kingdom of God in this hour, like never before, in Jesus' mighty name, and the people of God said, Amen and Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, give Jesus a standing ovation this morning, because it's all about Him. Come on, it's all about Him.
Today I want to speak to you on, and now I spoke last week and I said that we're going to go into the giftings and I believe that this is where we're heading to, but I feel really just a, an urgency in my spirit to speak on this very quickly. If the Lord permits very quickly, it will be very quickly, otherwise we will be out here by 4 p.m. All right, so people that calls in and says, how long is your church service? Well, 6 p.m. we'll be done. All right, so cancel everything. <laughs> well, I want to speak to you quickly on the church of Jesus Christ. Because I, I, I sense really strong in my spirit that we thought that the shaking is over, but the shaking is not over. Okay, I, I really believe this, and I, I want you to write the second down, I'm telling you this, that I believe that the, the people of God, the true people of God, the remnant of the Lord in this hour, you will see the hand of God like you've never seen the hand of God before. You will see the supernatural power. Now, I thought everybody's going to shout now, but I'm, this, is, this, is the, this is the reason I say I'm speaking to the remnant. That God is going to take care of you in this hour like you've never experienced His provision in your whole life before. You see, one thing that I want to say to the whole world, that when you touch the church, when you touch the church, I can tell every single president around the world, leave the church of Jesus Christ alone. Because when you touch the church, you touch Him. I said, when you touch His church, you touch Him. And I want to be bold. You know, those of you that's here, been with me for a while, you'll understand I've been with Jesus because I speak with boldness. All right? I'm speaking to people that says, I don't want a cheerleader that tells me how good I am. I want a pastor that will lead me in all truth and rebuke me when I need to be rebuked. Hallelujah. So we are not the cheerleading faith. We are, the, we are a, a people that wants to hear, thus saith, the Spirit of the Lord in this hour. And I'm telling you right now what's happening in our nation is because the church has become silent. I see people on social media want to fight now. You were supposed to fight two years ago and you've done nothing. You've done nothing. You've bowed your knee to bail and now you want to open up your mouth. Let me tell you what's going to happen. Zilts. Nothing is going to happen. Because unless the church comes back to the fire of God, nothing shall change. I want every person in this building to listen to me. If you are here for a quick fix, you are in the wrong place. Miracles doesn't happen a quick fix. You know how many calls we get? I want to see the preacher. But I don't want to come to the service. I want to see him after the service. My goodness gracious, why do you think this is McDonald's? The Bible says, when the enemy comes out of you, in other words, if you have a demon in you, and the Lord delivers you, all right, and you go back to your old ways, seven worse demons will enter you. You will be worse off than you were previously. You see, God is not a quick fix, people. He's your lifeline. He's your only source. He's your only hope. He's your only answer. Hallelujah. Just I push for the, for the one world order, the new world order. Let me just tell you something. It's the church of Jesus Christ that drives away the Antichrist. As long as the church is here. I said, as long as the church is here, we have hope. When the church is gone, oh, the tribulation like you've never seen in your life is coming. 
Oh, hallelujah. Are you listening to me? I believe something. I would, uh, and I always say this. You can rather speak of me and about me and say, yes, that guy is controversial. I would rather be controversial than in, in, inconsequential. Rather say something about me than me saying nothing. Are you listening to me? The Antichrist is already alive. I believe most government leaders already know who he is. Are you listening to me? And yet the church of Jesus Christ has become dead. In Revelation, he, he rebukes them all and he says, you have names, but you are dead. He speaks to the compromising church that you've compromised to look like this world. You've looked like this world. You've, you've done what, we even had churches in South Africa that became vaccine stations. Vaccine stations. You're not a church, you're a cult. We're supposed to be the light of this world. And push back darkness. Not supposed to bow our knees. Get a camera in my face, you preacher. You lay your hands on the sick with a mask on your face. Shame on you. Shame on you. When is the church going to wake up and say, enough is enough? No, we want cheerleaders. We want somebody to tell me how much God is going to bless me. And I want to go to church when I feel like it. Not going to church is like being married and not going home. Ooh, I stepped on something. You say you're a Christian, you don't go to church, it's like being married and not going home. Your wife is going to kick your ass out. Come on. And you want, you want God to, to say, oh, you're okay. Oh, I love you. David said something. He says, a day in your courts is better than a thousand anywhere else. Can I go on? He says, I would rather be a doorkeeper in my father's house than sit in a tent of wickedness. David said, a day in his courts. I'm telling you, listen to me. Look at me. Look me in the eye. COVID, you will not catch in this church. You will catch it in, in Hyperama. And you will catch it in Checkers. The only thing that you will catch here is the spirit of faith. Now, that's what you will catch in this place. Hallelujah. For a day in his courts. Woo! Die in his courts. You see, when I come to church, I come expecting something good is about to happen. Can I say something to you right now? We're also giving you a double dose. A double dose of the Holy Ghost. Yes! You will catch it here. You will catch an overcoming spirit here. Come on, you will catch a fire of the Holy Ghost here. That's why the devil keeps people away from true churches. Look me in the eye. Don't go to the church closest to your house. Go to a church the closest to the Bible. 
Am I speaking to somebody? I said, I'm not speaking to somebody. Oh, so we don't need to go to church. We are the church. In the book of Luke, the Bible says Jesus had a custom that on the Sabbath, he went to the temple. If Jesus went to church, how much more you, you lukewarm Christian? Every time a, per a person tells me I don't need the church, I am the church. You are lukewarm and you are self-righteous. I can deal with unrighteous. But with the self-righteous, oh, that's a different man. And I preach to somebody. You know, are we going to church today? You know, I don't know. I'm tired. Last night, the party was just too long. But David says, I was glad when they said, let us go unto the house of the Lord. Read the word. The word glad says, I was overjoyed. Overjoyed. In other words, you come to church, you get joy. It must be a joy for you to get yourself here. Everybody that sits here today, you're not sitting here on your time. So don't worry about how long the service will be. You are sitting on his time. It's a joy to get up. You have no problem going to work every week. Woo, I don't want to go to church. The hypocrites is there. Stop going to your job. This hypocrite is there too. What do you do in the mall? This hypocrite is there too. You know, we just want to go to a church that preaches about the New Testament because the Old Testament is gone. The Bible says every single word in the Word of God is inspired through the Holy Ghost. Every single word. Come on, I want you to say joy. joy. I said, I want you to say joy. joy. It's a joy for me. This is what the psalmist says. It's a joy. When they told me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Woo, it's a joy. I said, it's a joy. Come on, if you believe it, shout yes. yes. Come on, one more time. Yes. Now, let us go quickly to the book of Psalm 92. I want to show you this. 92 verse 13 and 14. Listen to what the Word of God says. Now, I've got good news for you. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord, pause there, don't take it off. Planted, not pot plants. One week I go there, the next week I go there. Because maybe I get a prophetic word. You, I can give you a prophetic word. Open your Bible and read it. And you will hear that say of the Lord. Some prophesy, some prophesy. The Lord is going to restore that. Those who are planted, this means that when the preacher offends me, I'm planted. Are you listening to me? When it's raining, I come to church. When it's monthing, I come to church. When I had a fight with my wife, I come to church. Because I'm planted in the house of the Lord. This means that when there's rugby on, I decide, I choose the church over rugby. Oh, I'm speaking to somebody right now. You see, Jesus said this in this word. He says, at the end of time, people will become lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. We will find all the excuses why we can't get to church. I can just imagine this. Take it off quickly. I know for the sake of Facebook, just I'm going to go back there now. Imagine this. Peter, are you going to church today? No, my mother came. Thomas, are you coming to church? I doubt I'll be there. 
Oh, I'm speaking to somebody. Quiet now. <laughs> what about you, James? Well, we're going to go fishing for the weekend. <laughs> we'll find all the excuses. And yet, when, the, when we need a miracle, when we are pressed on every side, the church becomes our escape. And if the church doesn't do what exactly what I'm, I'll get a new church. No, you should be rooted in the house of God. Because when you are rooted, you will not have a need. Listen to what the word says. Come on, get, get it back on the screen. This is the book of Psalm 92. Those who are planted in the house of God shall do what? Shall flourish in the courts of the Lord. Now you have to understand something. A day in his courts is better than, any, uh, than a thousand anywhere else. Am I speaking to somebody? So people make it difficult. People say that when you approach the courts of God, you have to write down pieces of paper and claim your plea and, you know, go through all the this and the that. The Bible says, if you are rooted in the house of God, you shall flourish in His presence. Flourish in His courts. There will not be an, a fight for you to enter the holies of holies. You'll be there immediately because you are rooted in the house of God. Listen to what the next verse says. This is for all the old people. They shall still bear fruit. Now you better hear me. When Satan comes with sickness and disease, when you're 80, you will still have fruit. You will still say, get behind me, Satan. Come on, you will still bear fruit. Because you, have a, you are a reservoir of the word of the living God. He says, they shall be fresh. In other words, did you know that when you are rooted in the house of God, when you are old, God promises to take care of your body. Can I be blunt and say this? Look at some people the same age as you that's in the world. Ooh, they look old. This is why Jesus says he's coming back for the church without spot and wrinkle. You just look younger. Come on, just look. Why? Because the Bible says God keeps you fresh. And what does he say? He says you will flourish when you're old. You will have no lack when you are old. God will take care of you because you, take, you took care of his house. Is somebody listening to me? The church of Jesus Christ is not an afterthought of God. It was his perfect plan from the beginning. Come on, you better shout yes if you understand this. The, I, I can, I, you know, sometimes it drives me crazy when I hear about the self-righteous trying to explain away church. You know, I am church. I don't need a church. You are not the church, you liar. The Bible calls you a member. But a member that stands alone is not a member. I said, it's not a member. You are the pinky. The guy next to you is the ring finger. Come on, your wife is the biggest one. She's baby. The middle finger. Who I'm speaking to. And you know what? And you, the, the five of you, maybe you make up the, the, not even the hand, just the members of the hand. Then you need the hand, the hand. Come on, you need the arm. The arm needs the elbow. The elbow needs the upper arm. The upper arm needs the shoulders. The shoulder needs the chest. Come on, the, the chest needs the, the neck. And then the neck needs the head. And the head is Jesus Christ. He's the head of the church. Shout yes if you understand that. So we form part. You know, I've said this a million times, but let me say this again. I've never heard a Muslim say, I'm not going to mosque because I am the mosque. And he can't even go to mosque expecting a miracle because his God is dead. 
but we come together come on as fellow Christians in the army of the Lord and when we lift up holy hands and start to worship a living King all of heaven responds hallelujah church is vital I grew up as a boy in church let me show you something Proverbs 22 says this train up a child in the way he should go and when he's old he will not depart from it so you don't bring your children to church they will grow up not needing God so what actually we do is we create a culture or a generation that's more woke they don't understand whether they're male or female I'm speaking to somebody I thank God that I am part of the generation that did not have time out. I get My Ali I'm part of that generation. The Bible says if you withhold your rod from your son and your daughter, you hate them. I can do my heart crumb the slow yeah hot you can. That's what the Bible says. Come on, take that out of God, not with me. That's what the Bible says. But he says when you train up a child. In the way of the Lord. My goodness gracious, when he's old, he will never depart from him. Listen to me. If it was not for my parents taking me to church, my dad never asked me, do you want to go to church? But what he did say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I told my kids, when you're 14, I don't get you in church. I'm coming to your house. I'm dragging you out of your house. I'm getting you into the church. I will lay hands on you, but you will serve the Lord. Come on, you better tell your neighbor, you won't serve the Lord. You better tell your children, you will serve the Lord. Come on, shout yes. You know, we can't go to church because the petrol prices. You're in the wrong church. Now, when you come to church, the purpose of church, number one, is worship. You, you, can, you can worship God at your home, okay? That's, that's awesome. But it's nothing like corporate anointing. If two or more gathers together in my name, they are shall be in the midst. Something happens when, now, you have to understand, this is the reason why God implemented the church, because of the body that needs to become one. Amen. In, in, in the book of Acts where the church was birthed, you'll also find they, they meet, they were meeting in a place. And the Holy Spirit added to the church daily. Daily. One miracle broke out. How many of you remembered when Peter walked past the gate called Beautiful, he met a lame man, he said to him, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have I given to you in the name of Jesus, rise and walk. Where was Peter on his way to? He was on his way to the temple, to church. What's our excuse? What is our excuse? So number one is worship. Number two, fellowship. The purpose of church, number three, is discipleship. To get you into the image of Christ. Come on, number four, for ministry. Number five, for mission. Mission meaning to reach the ends of the earth. Now, how can we reach the end of the earth and operate full in our full function in ministry when we only believe half of what we preach. 
And you can say that I'm a, you know, they, they told me at the beginning of this pandemic, they told me, preachers called me up and say I was a, what do they call it? A conspiracy theorist. I promise you. Today they're running up and down with their tails between their legs because they don't know what to do. I said, I said to them, they also told Noah he's a conspiracy theorist until it rained. If you have been part of this church, you would understand for two years, I've been warning. I've been telling you what they're going to do with the church. We are here right now where the government wants to enforce stuff. Oh, We are living in a wicked, ungodly place. But let me tell you something. I never see my life in the scriptures that Ezekiel or Isaiah or Jeremiah, when they spoke, kings feared. Kings feared. Today we walk in fear because the church is no longer the church. Come on, shout yes if you understand this. Coming to churches, we worship God with our time. You go to job, your job every day. The only thing that God says is if it's time for church, go to the church. He's the one that gave you that job. He's the one that gives you, come on, the power to get up in the morning and go to that job. I feel the Holy Ghost. In, 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 in the book of Timothy, Timothy even spoke about the household of God. He says, which is the church? Which is the church? Not you in your house, which is the church? Come on, shout glory. I'm almost there. I just want to go through a couple of stuff here with you and explain something to you. Now, the Bible says this quickly. He says, my people perish because of lack of knowledge. If I listen, if people open their mouths and they speak about the things of God, I understand they don't know their Bible, they don't read their Bible. Most Christians don't read their Bible. Can I say that again? Most Christians don't read their Bible. Let me just add on quickly. Every time I'm attacked, I'm not attacked by the ungodly, I'm attacked by the brethren. It's quiet now. Because everybody today is a preacher. The Bible says not many of you should become teachers of the Word of God. He says, because you will stand, you will give a, a greater accountability. Let me just quickly say this to you. We are putting people in positions in the church that God never intended for you. Because you're a preacher does not make your wife a pastor. Because you are an apostle does not automatically make your wife a prophetess. And can I make a bold statement? You cannot choose yourself as an apostle. No man can make you an apostle. The Bible says Jesus Christ gives to the church some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors, some to be teachers. Not everybody. You can't have an importation service and then say, well, I'm, you're an apostle, you're an apostle, you're an apostle. Jesus Christ makes the apostles. Now there's a teaching that says, you know, the apostles ceased. There's no more apostles. Well, if the apostles ceased, then the prophet ceased. Then the evangelist is gone. There's no biblical proof that can say, tell me, in the Bible, there's no more apostles today. By the way, an apostle... His first duty as an apostle is signs, wonders, and miracles. Come on, that you will find in 2 Corinthians 12, 12. The signs of the apostles. 
signs, wonders, and miracles. That's the first thing. Number two, an apostle can touch all five. Somebody needs to hear this. In other words, the apostle can be a prophet, can prophesy, can be evangelist, can be a pastor, can be a teacher. Do you understand that? By the way, the apostle is the least of all of the five. Paul says that. He says, I'm the least than everybody else. An apostle is somebody that will always point you to Jesus. Always point you to Jesus. Ooh, hallelujah. I believe in an apostle is somebody that does not conform to this world. I almost said something. I just zipped my lip for this one. Not conform to the rubbish that's going on in the name of the Lord. You know what rubbish is? They walk around with masks on their face and ask me, what would Jesus do? Jesus would have slapped you. He would have made a rot and drive you out and say, you Pharisee, you Wittgrafstein, you Jockels, you brood of vipers, sons of the devil, that's what he would call you. If the church is the church, COVID would have been gone long ago. But now you need a second shot, and the third shot, and the fourth shot, and the fifth shot, and the sixth shot. But most Afrikaners don't worry about the shots. The more shots, the better. They hear shot. They hear shot. I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. Where do I sign up? I'm in. It's not that shot. Come on, tell your neighbor, I don't need a cheerleader. I need a man of God that will declare the word of God unto me. That's what I need. I need somebody to warn me of hell's fire. I want to make this clear. Iron sharpens iron. You become what you sit under. You sit under dead teachings, you will be dead. You won't believe in miracles. Come on, I'm speaking to you right now. I'm a miracle believer. I believe in a miracle working God that changes lives forever. But what I can tell you right now, if the Lord, you serve God for a quick fix, you don't understand Him. You will get nothing. I can't handle it. You know, they, it's like they prostitute the anointing. I, I have people that come here, my goodness gracious, they will tell me, you know, I'm part of another church, but what I do here is I just fill up and then I can go back there. Yeah. What? <laughs> well, would you pray for me because my pastor does not pray for me? No! You sit there with yourself, let him pray for you. Are you listening to me? What are you doing there? No, he's closest to my home. That's your problem. That's your problem. But you see here at your church, the worship is too long. Well, then get an ingekak. We can open up the book here. That my seal. And then they marry the gays. Do you feel what I feel in this place? You see, when I read the Bible, the scripture says, all those who walked with the gift of faith had one thing in common. They had the fear of the Lord. You want the gift of faith to operate fully in your life. Get the fear of God back into your life. Get the fear of God back. I said, get the fear of God back. 
Last night I was sitting in the office and I was busy preparing. And as I, as I prayed, I felt in my spirit, don't put on music. No music at all. No worship at all. And I opened my mouth and I started speaking with the Lord. And the fear of God came into that building. That I sobbed like a baby. And I said, Lord, that's why I want the fear of God to hit Faith City like never before. The fear of God. You might say, well, this guy speaks openly about gay people. Let me tell you something. God loves gay people, but he hates the sin. And he never sends sin to hell. He sends the sinner to hell. And I want to, if you're here and you are gay, you're at the right place. Because the power of the Holy Ghost can set you free. Can set you free. I will be blunt and say this. I'll take the rap. I had a lesbian couple that was married. In our church and they were exposed by the anointing of the Holy Ghost the woman came up to me she says I'm no longer gay I'm divorcing this woman I'm getting right with God and I'm getting myself a man the power of the gospel still sets the captives free but our church just is Everything that happens is fine. You can do whatever you want to do because of grace. You have a wrong interpretation of grace. Grace is not you doing whatever you want to do. Grace is an empowerment. Are you listening to me? To live a life of sin, not to conform to this world. Come on, I want you to shout, this is a church on fire. I said, this is a church on fire. Come on, one more time, this is a church on fire. So you become what you sit under. Serve the anointing that you're under. Move. Then you become bold. I know people in my circle that's bold, that makes a stance. They've never been bold before, but now they're bold. <laughs> Why? Because they sit under the anointing every day. Now, if you think that the anointing makes you timid, you've got no idea what you're talking about. Jesus was a bold man. The Bible says no man preached with boldness like he preached. When the disciples received the Holy Spirit, they became as bold as him. You see, the right church, people of God, means so much. This is why I, 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 tell, I tell people this, that when, you're, when a child is of age, you no longer send him to the Sunday school. You expose them to the anointing in the church. Because when they're older, they will not depart the devil will try to plan things over his life. But let me tell you, because your mama and daddy dragged you to church, ooh, something changed in you. Satan have no authority over you no more. Because from now on, where your life goes is in God's hand. No longer in the devil's hands. Come on, are you listening to me? Shout yes. yes. Now, I want, you to re I want to read you this one. Then I'm going to go on and I'll teach on, on the giftings that God gave to the church. The book of Hebrews chapter 10. 24 and 25 says this and let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some but exhorting one another and so much more as you see the day approaching so what Paul was saying he says do not neglect the gathering of the saints as most of you have the manner to do so going to church doesn't mean I, I skip church every second week. It means when there's a service, I'm there. Come on. 
Paul said that to them. He said, do not neglect it. If you're a Christian, that's part of your Christian life. Now, if you know our team, I think that they are the guys that work the hardest. I've never seen people work as hard as, you know, people think that when you work for the church, there's nothing to do. Whew. If you work here for a week, especially when you work with somebody with faith. So I want the tree right here, but we can't. We have to build a tree right here, right now. I'll show you what faith does. You can build a building like that, but there must be a tree there. So, yeah. But in any case, why I say this is now the church becomes your whole life. <laughs> Some of them are here Monday to Sunday, every day. One thing that the children can't say, they can't say, my daddy's in the bar, my daddy's at church. My daddy's at church. Amen? So it becomes part of your lifestyle. Going to church is part of your Christian walk. That's where you grow in the Word of God. Listen to what Romans says. He says, how would you know unless you have a preacher? Then he says, and how can you preach unless you are sent? If you are not called by God, preaching is not a good idea. Get a job. This is a holy vocation. This is a holy calling of God. Amen. If I have not been called of God, I would sit right next to you right now, listen to a preacher preach the gospel. You see, the Lord wants you in a good church. Listen to me. You can, you can gym. You can eat salads. You can skip the burgers. That's nice for you. But the Bible says, Physical exercise profits little. But what you do for the, in your spiritual life, that's the most important part. Now, I'm going to say something quickly. I will look you this side because if I look there, my wife sits there. So you just <laughs> I started exercising because I wanted to, be, I, I preach hard and loud and everywhere. So I want to look after myself. So I told her the other day, I said, I'm going to quickly jump. She said, okay, if you spend as much time with God, I thought to myself, just say nothing. <laughs> just, and I spend time with God, I'll trust me. A relationship with the Lord is where it needs to be. But she said, that's good, but if you just spend that amount of time right now with God. So I walked into that gym. <laughs> when I, I said, I can't do that. I said, Lord, I love you. Let me spend time with you first, Lord. <laughs> Nothing wrong with Jim. Nothing wrong with Jim. But it convicted me. It hit me right here. I wanted to, you know, do that preacher. And I told her, something wrong with, with Jimming. I do preacher curls. <laughs> they call it the preacher curl. Nothing wrong with that. You see, I'm still doing the work of God. But... <laughs> but <laughs> Tell your neighbor, I need to be in church. One more thing that I want to say before I'm going to go on, and you know, we've got a lot of time, six o'clock is still far. But if, if, God has, if God has given you a miracle, don't skip church, don't forget God. I promise you that they will come, and you will need a bigger miracle. 
and you will not get that miracle. You can't use God. Are you listening to me? You have to serve Him because you love Him with all of your heart, with all of your mind, with all of your understanding. Nothing must be more important than God. He says that's the first law. You must love the Lord your God with all of your heart. You love Him more than the places of this world. Come on, in actual fact, you better lift your hand and say, Lord, kill every desire of this world in me. Kill it in me, Lord. I want you. I want you, Lord. You see, faith cometh by hearing. Hearing by the word of God. Again, the Bible says, how would you know if you don't have a preacher? You need a preacher. You need somebody that can divide the word of God of revelation under the anointing of the Holy Ghost. That is what changes you. Come on, how many of you can agree with me that when you come to church, you can feel bad and, you know, had a hard week, but when you get into this building, faith is alive in you. You feel like you can do all things. Come on, suddenly there's a change in you. So God has a plan for the church. And let this preacher tell you this. It doesn't matter what the world plans for the church. The Bible says he's going to build his church. And the gates of hell is not going to prevail against the church. So how many of you were here when I told you that the scripture says that the money of the unjust is coming to the just, to the church? Come on, how many of you were here when I said after that there will be the greatest outpour of the Holy Ghost? Come on, how many of you believe that? I believe that we are entering a time where we will see the biggest miracles of our lives. We will see withered hands pulling out straight. Come on, and, and, and organs growing back and limbs coming back. The greatest outpour of the Holy Ghost. So give me, give me five minutes, if the Lord permits. The Lord Jesus said this clearly. He gave to the church the fivefold ministry. Come on, the apostle. The thumb, then the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, and the teacher. And he gave that to the church to do what? To build the church, to exhort the church, come on, to help the church. God never gives gifts to the church so that we can brag on our gifts. The gifts has got nothing to do with us. We do not generate that gift. That gift comes from the Holy Spirit who gives it to us. Now, I want you to understand something. There's nine gifts of the Spirit you can have all nine. God does not want you to have one gift. He wants you to have the fullness of the Holy Ghost. How many of you understand that? So the gift is basically to edify the church. You know, the Bible says that when we come together, one must have a song. One must have a, a, a scripture or a psalm. So when we come together, we edify one another. We build up one another. That's what church do. We build up one another so with this all the lord knew that i'm going to equip my church to do the same works that i'm doing and this is why I, when i when i see that the supernatural is no longer you know you'll have to go very far and wide to get a church in south africa that's not conforming and it operates in the supernatural come on i'll be bold and say that we have people today that don't cast out demons they try to figure out where the demon comes from. What's your name? <laughs> Let me tell you, if you want to know whether you're somebody, if when that demon says, I know who you are. But when you have to ask him, who's he? And he asks you, who's you? <laughs> when Jesus came to the scene, 
they cried out, this is the son of the living God. They said, Paul we know, Jesus we know, but who are you? Who are you? You see, because there's no power. There's no spending time with God. And let me say to you, when you pray, the spiritual realm is open. Every demon knows when you're praying and when you're playing. Come on, can I say it again? Demons know whether you're praying and whether you're playing. When you're playing, the devil knows you're playing. Come on, somebody. Because we don't, we, and I, I, I think, I really think it's because there's not enough good teaching on deliverance. And how to operate through the power of the Holy Ghost. Now, without the gift of the Spirit, you will be dry and you will be empty and you will be powerless. God gave the gifts to His body, to His church. Say hallelujah. Do you understand that? So you can't counsel a demon out. You have to cast him out. There's too much counseling going on. A guy told me the other day, he said, do you have a counselor on staff? My son needs to see a counselor. I said, what is he doing? He told me what he was doing. I said, he don't need a counselor. He needs a belt. Stop counseling. My goodness gracious. You see, this is our problem. We have the answer, but we don't want the answer. We don't want the answer. We want a pity party. Come on, pity me. Tell me, shame me. No, I'm telling you that who you are in God, get up and take back your life in Jesus' name. You, don't need, you have a counselor. I have a counselor on staff. His name is Jesus. He shall be called Wonderful Counselor. You want to see a counselor? See Jesus, the best counselor. The best counselor. Come on, I say the best counselor. Ooh, hallelujah. Come on, shout glory. glory. Now, the Bible says this in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I didn't give it on the, in the back. Maybe if you can grab it. If not, it's fine. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I feel like throwing this in. The Bible says in verse 4. This is 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Verse 4, I want to read a couple of verses for you. It says this, that there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. There are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. Now it says in verse 4, there's, there's diversities of gifts, but it's the same Spirit. The differences of ministries, but the same Lord. Differences of activities, but the same God. So here the Bible speaks about the, the, the Trinity, the Spirit of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, and God Almighty that operates through us, blesses us, come on, with all these things. So it does not come from man. Paul says that I wish to come to you to impart some spiritual gifts. So man can impart spiritual gifts to you, absolutely. But man cannot impart the office. Let me explain to you. I can impart the gift of prophecy to you, but I cannot impart the, the, the office of a prophet to you. Come on, that comes from the Lord. He calls them into position in church. Do you understand that? Now listen to what he says. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. So when the Holy Spirit manifests, everybody profits. Come on, when the gifts operate, everybody profits. This is what he says. 
For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gift of healings by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually, say individually, as he wills. Now, I want to quickly show you this. The word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, and the sending of spirits is called the mind gifts. All right? So you can write that down quickly somewhere on your notes or maybe in your Bible. The word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, and the discerning of spirit is called mind gifts. Then I want to show you this. The gift of faith, all right? The gifts of healings. And the working of miracles is, is called the power gifts. Let me say it again. The gift of faith, the gift of healings, and the working of miracles is called the power gift. And then I want to show you this. The gift of prophecy, different kinds of tongues, and interpretation of tongues is called inspiration gifts or vocal gifts. Now I want to quickly speak to you on the power gifts. Faith, and I think that's how far we're going to get is to faith today. Faith, the gift, gifts of healings, I like that. He speaks about the gifts, plural, of healings, plural. And then the working of miracles. So when it comes to healing, the gift of healings is not just for physical healing, it's spiritual healing, it's financial healing. It's every part of healing that you need and there's a gift that can operate freely in the body of Christ and we, listen to me quickly, look me in the eye, we don't see the gifts no more. Because we have plans how to build our church. They, tell, they told us to have a church built quickly. Don't operate with the gifts. Sing songs for 15 minutes. Have a sermon for 20 minutes and let people go. Listen to me, if I have a church with 10,000 people but I don't have the Holy Ghost, I don't want that church. I would rather sit with 10 people that's so on fire for the Lord. Come on, that you can turn a nation upside down. That's what we want. We want people full of the Holy Ghost and full of power. Shout yes. Now the gift of faith is different to any other type of faith. Let me explain something to you. The Bible says that when you were born, you were born with a measure of faith. That measure of faith is called saving faith. Okay, saving faith. God gave every person, everybody that sits in this place, a measure of faith. That's not the gift of faith. That's not faith to move mountains. That's faith to get you saved. In other words, you come to church as a sinner. You hear about Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit uses the measure of faith in you to stir up that Jesus Christ is the only way to salvation. That He's the way, the truth, and the life. Now you give your life to the Lord because of that measure of faith. Do you understand that? How many of you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? How many of you believe that Jesus is God? Come on, how many of you believe that He's coming back in glory very soon? Come on, how many of you believe that he's the only way? Not just a way, but he's the only way. You see, the measure of faith that's in you, that the Holy Spirit works through you to be saved. Do you understand that? But now in your Christian walk, you need faith. And there's different dimensions of faith, classifications of faith. I can tell you about faith the whole day long. The just shall live by faith. Come on, we walk by 
faith and not by sight. And that's the only thing that pleases God is your faith. You know, even not even your righteousness, your holy living pleases Him. Because He says all your righteousness is filthy rags. But it's one thing that pleases God Almighty. That's your faith. The other day I was, I was praying and I heard Him say to me that if you stand before me one day, would you really say that I've trusted you enough? When you stand before God one day, you'd realize that I'm standing on the streets of gold. And yet I've worried. I've worried about my water electricity bill. Oh, I'm speaking to you. How many of you need a miracle? Lift your hand high. It will not come without faith. It's only faith that pleases God. Somebody shout yes if you understand that. So now Jesus spoke on faith. You know what, what Peter said? Peter and the rest of the disciples, when they were hearing about faith, they said, Lord, give us faith. Come on, that's what they asked. Give us faith. Asking God to give you faith is a sign that you don't have faith. Now Jesus says, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will move mountains. How many of you understand that? Now, that's not a real mountain. If need be, God can use faith to move a real mountain. But it's not, let me explain something to you. I believe if my life is in danger, and the only way to cross or to get to safety is over water, then I believe I would also be able to walk on water. I believe that. I believe that when I stand and tell the congregation, we're going to go here, down here to Ritvalle. I'm going to show you today I'm walking on water. I'm going to drown. Because I've tested God. I've mocked Him. But this is why He says, you will drink anything deadly that you drink. It will not harm you. This doesn't mean I buy myself jig. Like a domestos. You know, with this moron cron going on around the world, it's funny that they don't drink domestos. It kills 99% of the germs. So it's not drinking jig. And say, look, the Lord is going to protect me. But it is, whenever you go somewhere, somebody tries to kill you, they will not harm you. You will drink it, it will taste like Coca-Cola. Amen. Do you understand what I'm saying? But that's not the kind of faith I'm talking to you about today. I want to talk to you about the gift of faith. That is a supernatural ability that God has given you to have the faith that He has. I want that kind of faith. I want the same kind of faith that said, let there be light, and light came. I was in a situation on Friday night. And when I sat after what we've been through, I sat down and I thought to myself, Elijah caught fire down from heaven. But he was unwavering in what he believed in. Come on. I had other fire that I wanted to give, but not that fire. But if you can walk in the ability of God, you'll be able to call fire down from heaven. Let me speak to somebody right now. You'll be able to, to shut heaven and say it will not rain unless I say so. The nation was ungodly. And a godly man walked and said it will not rain no more, you ungodly people. Not on my word. And let me just quickly tell you, God will shut the heavens, but he will provide for me. That's the gift of faith. The gift of faith in operation that knows it's this without a shadow of a doubt. And you believe what you say will come to pass. Now, 
The reason why we call it power gifts and it works hand in hand with the gift of miracles and the gift of healings is because most of the times when I pray for the sick, the gift of faith is in operation. It takes the gift of faith to punch somebody in the stomach and see them healed. Come on, don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. It's a gift of faith that you need to pluck out cancer from somebody's face. That's the gift of faith. Without the gift of faith, you'll never be able to see these kinds of miracles. Amen? Now let me explain something to you about the gift of faith. When the gift of faith comes, you can see in faith, sometimes when you operate in faith alone, you'll still feel that unease that you don't know whether it's right or wrong. Who knows what I'm talking about? Whether it's God's perfect will for your life, whether or not. But with the gift of faith, the gift of faith has no fear. Fear is the first thing that leaves when the gift of faith is in full operation. There's no fear. Your natural body wants to fear, but it's dead. You're dead at that moment in time. Are you understanding what I'm saying? So faith is a, this gift of faith is a supernatural ability to believe God without human doubt. Come on, without unbelief and without reasoning. That's an ability that God gives you to believe Him without a shadow of a doubt. Now understand that, that I believe fear cannot enter that realm of faith. Cannot. When you operate the gift of faith, fear cannot operate, cannot dominate that realm. I wish, I, I wish that everybody will listen and grab a hold of what I'm telling you. Because the hour that we're in will need the gift of faith. I said, we will need the gift of faith. When the world says bow, when you say, I'll bow before one and his name is Jesus Christ. I will not bow to you, you Philistine. In the, in the scriptures, you'll find that most of those men, even in the Old Testament, operated with the gift of faith. Let me tell you something. It need, you need the gift of faith when they tell you, you should not worship God. Anybody who worships God will be thrown into a lion's den. Let me tell you what most Christians today would do. They would conform. And they would say, you need to listen to your government. We're going to stop praying. But the gift of faith says, do what you must. But I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray until heaven responds. That's the gift of faith. It takes the gift of faith when they say we're going to throw you in a lion's den. And suddenly you are thrown down into a pit. But when you get down there, no lion can put a claw on you because your faith has seen you through. I believe the gift of faith has slapped the lions around in that lion's den and closed every lion's mouth. You see, the gift of faith will help you operate through a world that don't want you to prosper. Oh, I'm speaking to somebody. The gift of faith will help you to withstand every attack of the devil, even when the lions roar against you. The gift of faith is more worried about the lion of the tribe of Judah than the lions that surround you. How many of you understand? Only with your eyes will you see it. But it will not come near you. Do you believe that? Peter, standing in a boat, Jesus walking on water, Peter nearly passed out. It's a ghost. Jesus says, it is I. Do not fear. If it's you, Lord, permit me to walk on the water. Jesus said, come. Again, I always tell people this. Jesus he did not say, Peter, come. He said, come. He made an open invitation. To anybody that wants to experience the supernatural, only one responded. 
Who remembered when Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth? He didn't say come forth. He was specific. If he said come forth, every tomb would have emptied out. He was specific. Lazarus, come. Lord, if it's you, permit us to come. Come. Only Peter said, I refuse to die with people who do not want to live. Starts to get out on that water like this. Because now he needs to leave aside what he knows to enter into a world that he's never touched in. Please understand this. We will not believe lest we feel this side. Lest we put our finger in the marks. Now suddenly he needs to walk into a new realm. A realm of faith. You see people, people like the boat. Because the boat is my comfort. I've seen people have more faith in the boat than they have in the one who keeps the wind and the wave and the whole world in the palm of his hand. Come on, when you get into a plane, how many of you, be honest, how many of you go to the pilot first and says, can I just quickly see what, what's behind your name? How long are you? have you been flying? No, you go sit down and ask, where's the Coca-Cola? That's it. You put your whole life in the hands of a pilot. But you don't have faith enough when God says, come, get out, listen to me. Do you think when you get out of the boat, you will not have persecution and doubt people with doubt around you? Listen to me, the devil wants to pull you into the water. But you will have to shut your ear and operate the gift of faith and get out. Come on, get out and close your ears to the world. The gift of faith, don't listen to the world. The gift of faith listens to the one who speaks constantly. Hallelujah. You're going to get out of that boat. There will be people say that you will never make it. Can I hit you with something hard? Most times it will be loved ones. You will not make it. Oh, you're about to fail. Oh, you're not going to make it. But let me tell you, your faith will see you through. If you have the gift of faith, you have to close your ears to what the world says. And focus on what God says. Come. Now, who understands? I've said that before. Let me just say that for the sake of who didn't hear this. Peter did not walk on water. Peter walked on the word. Come. Faith walks on the word. The gift of faith flows with the word. Conjunction with the word. And you can only operate the gift of faith with the amount of knowledge that you have in regards to the word of God. Are you understanding this? If I understand completely that by His stripes I am healed, then I can operate the gift of faith to see people healed. Whew. When my boss says, you better get this devil in you, and you say, no, I refuse because God is my provider. <laughs> oh, not you. The only reason why you bless is because I'm still here. But let me tell you, when I leave this place, the blessing goes with me. You see, when you have a reservoir of the Word of God, you know your ability. Then you can operate the gift of faith. I hope somebody listens to me. So he said, come. And then, yes, Peter. Now Peter's walking on the water. After the Holy Spirit was poured out, now they want to kill Peter. Come on, they killed James. They killed John. Peter's next in line. But you find Peter sleeping in the prison. That's the gift of faith. Now, I, I, I pray that, that you will hear this right. The gift of faith makes you to sleep while doubt keeps you awake. 
when you know that you know I am a, I'm supposed to call somebody but yet you sleep Epsa says tomorrow they come and take your car but tonight you don't you don't care about standard bank nor net bank you have a peace that surpasses all understanding and you don't know why but let me tell you why because the gift of faith is in operation and that's what sees you through how do I get the gift of faith? It's as easy as this. It's called the gift. Every father, if you're a good father, loves giving your children stuff. Okay? That's how your father feels about you. It's a gift that he gives you. Now, this is, this is a sad part. I can give Justin a gift. I can give him an iPhone. Justin can go to Japan and operate the iPhone. He does not need me. In other words, you can get a gift from God and be in a, in a backslidden position and still operate the gifts. This is why the gifts is no proof to me how close a man is to God. It's the fruit, the presence that he carries. Because the gift is a proof that God can use a man, while the fruit is proof that man has been of God. Jesus says you will know them by the fruit, not the gifts. You understand what I'm saying? So the gift is an empowerment while the fruit is a mirror. Whew. Can I say that again? The gift is an empowerment while the fruit is a mirror. What do you mean a mirror? That you reflect in and you see Christ. That's what the fruit is. And this is why we also will get to the place where we'll teach on the fruit of the Spirit and how to operate the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit, again, is not you being a carpet for people to step on and trample upon. Being meek doesn't mean you're weak. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Just because I'm meek doesn't mean I'm weak. All right, that's a sermon for another day. But so the gift of faith is exactly what Peter operated through. When they wanted to kill him, but yet he found himself sleeping. Now let me explain something to you about the gift of faith. The gift of faith will reach angels on assignment for you while you do nothing. Faith is a servant. While you sleep, your servant is out working. Peter slept. It was the church that was praying. Oh, you didn't get me. He was the one that was supposed to pray. But he knew even if they cut off my head, I'll be in glory. That's faith. But basically, what if I get the COVID? And what, what, what then? Then you'll be in glory. They told me the other day, you, you've never lost somebody with COVID. That's why you can say what you want. You've got no clue what you say. I've lost people with COVID. I stood in the hospital units, ICU units, where the nurses will tell me you are at the most dangerous place in the whole of hospital. I never fought COVID. But I caught the fire because as I see sickness and disease, the fire of God burns in me. So yes, I've been to places where most preachers don't want to go. Are you listening to me? See, the gift of faith operates on God's time. God's time is right now. He's the now God. Come on, tell your neighbor, God is a now God. Come on, I declare in the name of Jesus Christ that faith will hit you and that you will have a revelation of what faith and true faith in God can do for you. Come on, shout yes if you believe that. 
Paul and Silas is in prison in the middle of a jail cell. They're going to they're gonna stand trial. Paul and Silas is hated. But faith, the gift of faith gives you a song. When the world says you're about to cry, you should be crying right now. But the gift of faith says, weeping may last for the night. But joy, <laughs> joy comes in the morning. I want to tell you something about the gift of faith. The gift of faith is, now you have to think about this. You are a spirit with a soul in the flesh. How many of you understand that? Wave at me. Okay. So your flesh says cry. But the, the spirit of faith has the dominant power. So instead of you weeping, suddenly there's a song in you. How many of you know what I'm talking about? That you wake up in the morning and there's a song in your heart. Come on, there's a song on your mouth. And you can't help yourself, but you sing unto the Lord. Come on, and Paul said this even in prison. He says, rejoice in the Lord. And again, I say to you, rejoice. You can only say rejoice when you have the gift of faith operating through your life when you yourself is in prison. His body was in prison, but his spirit was free. Whom the Son of Man sets free is free indeed. Shout glory. glory. I want to take one more if I can. It speaks about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Three Jewish men on fire for the Lord. Now, my question is this. This was before the outpour of the Holy Ghost. Yet these men had unwavering faith. Shame on the church. They never had the outpour of the Holy Spirit. They never experienced the Holy Spirit upon them, within them, changing them. But yet, they said, our God is able to deliver us. But if He does not deliver us, we will still not bow. That's faith. That's the gift of faith in operation. Oh, hallelujah. Now, let me say quickly something to you. When, when they refuse to bow... The gift of faith will always refuse to bow. Do you know when you have the gift of faith? When you don't look like them. You don't sound like them. The only thing they speak is fear, fear, fear. They try to bully you into submission. Every, every bully, listen to me. Goliath was a bully. And you know what happened to him? Come on, you know his outcome. So God does not like a bully. So these men had a statement in themselves. You won't bully us because faith does not bow. Faith sounds different. Looks different. The gift of faith sees what you don't see and hears what you don't hear. Why do you think that Elijah was so persistent? I'm almost done and then next week I'll continue. Why do you think Elijah was so persistent when he said, what do you see? And the servant came back and he said, I see nothing. Elijah already saw. If you see what I see this morning, you will put a smile on your dial. I said, if you see what I see. The servant came back. He said, I see nothing. He said, no, 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 no. You miss it. Go back. Tell me what you see. He came back. He said, my goodness, it's still as bleak as it was before. No, 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 no. You don't see what I see. Go back again. And the seventh time, he came back. He says, finally, I see a cloud as big as a man's fist. 
You see, the gift of faith don't need to have clouds gathered. It just needs something little to work with. If I just have a little bit of faith to work with, I can tell you right now, you will be better off next week than you are right now. God operates with the little. You give him your little, he makes it much. Are you listening to me? I have a little faith. Don't worry, you're going to work that faith until it becomes perfect faith. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you better bow. We will not bow to you. We will only bow before God. Now, I'm telling you now, the gift of faith works. And so he became angry. Nebuchadnezzar, he says, now hit it up seven times. Now, how many of you understand what I'm, listen to me. When you operate through the gift of faith, it will seem like everything around you gets more heated, more pressured, more heated. The more heated it becomes, the closer you are to your breakthrough. I know exactly what I'm talking about today. You feel like you're in the fire alone. No, no. Look up. The fourth man. And he looks like the son of the living God. I love what these men did. They said, our God will come through for us. If not, our minds is made up, we still don't bow. That's the gift of faith. The gift of faith do not conform. What do you want God to do for you? You can operate that faith right now. Even where you see that right now. You need a new job, operate that gift of faith. Call the things that is not though they are. Declare the word of God. Let me say something to you about finances. Now, finances, you can't get finances if you don't give. That's a biblical principle. But when you're a giver, don't pray about money. Call it in. Are you listening to me? I'm speaking to the givers. If you're a giver, I'm, sp- I'm speaking to you because now according to the word of God, you must always have. Don't pray about money. Call it in. Father, I declare money come to me right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Oh, hallelujah. You operate the gift of faith. Boston, are you there? Thank you, sir. That's the gift of faith. He, he, he's there before I... Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, you don't have to look sad this morning. You can know that God is about to do it for you. The gift of faith is in this house. I said the gift of faith is in this house. You are not going to run down and run low. You're going to run over. God is going to bless you. Come on, shout yes if you believe that. That that gift brings the church to the level where God wants it. And I believe this is the hour for you, people of God, to operate with the gift of faith. Now, the Holy Spirit gives you this gift. I'll, I'll continue on that next week. The Holy Spirit gives you that gift. You can ask the Holy Ghost, I need that gift of faith. Because that's what's going to see the church through, is the gift of faith. The gift of faith. Speaking on the gift of faith, you know, I feel like I can do anything. I can do anything. I can have anything that I want. I can, I can do anything that I want to do. If my life is right before God, He says He will withhold nothing which is good unto the righteous. Now, where's the righteous in this place? Nothing good will be withheld from you. No weapon formed against you will prosper. No evil plan of the devil will prosper against your life. It's time. Look me in the eye. Get out of your boat and walk. You know what the gift of faith also does? The minute you feel like sinking, 
you will find him there immediately. He was there in the fire immediately. No one had to cry out, Lord, we are burning. He was there immediately. When Peter started drowning, Jesus was there immediately. So the gift of faith operates with Christ. It's not you. It's him. It's not your faith. It's his faith. Are you listening to me? When you feel like you're, you're too weak, faith pulls you out. Faith sees you through. I want you to lift your hands to heaven quickly. Father, I thank you. You touch your people today with faith. Faith shall arise in their hearts. In the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord, that not one of them will go home, Lord, feeling despondent. I ask you, Lord, that faith will arise. Come wherever you are right now. I want you to ask the Holy Spirit. Your word says that you are the giver of the gifts. Empower me this morning with the gift of faith. Let that faith come up in me in the name of Jesus. I receive it from you, from your hand right now. And this week I'm going to operate that gift. Whatever comes against me, Lord, I'll operate that gift. Faith will see me through. Now, Lord, let your anointing rain down on your people. Come on, something is happening for you. Let the church be the church. A powerful entity. Whatever you ask, you will receive. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Come and lift those voices to Him right now. Let the atmosphere change in the name of Jesus. We declare breakthrough, Lord. In Jesus' name. You are not running out. You're running over. Well, I sensed the anointing of the Lord. Just lift your hands one more time to heaven. Father's hands is lifted up. Would you come and just fill them, Lord? Would you come and release your power upon them? In the name of Jesus, I ask you, Lord. Let every yoke be destroyed in the name of Jesus. Destroy every single shackle. Thank you, Lord, for miracles in the house of the Lord. Miracles in the house of the Lord. Come on, would you just love him for a minute? Come on, just lift those voices to him. Jesus, you're the sweetest name of all. Jesus, you always hear me when I call. Jesus, you pick me up each time I fall. You're the sweetest, the sweetest name of all. Come on, tell him to, today. 
Jesus, you're the sweetest name of all. Jesus, you always hear me when I call. Jesus, oh, you pick me up each time I fall. You're the sweetest, the sweetest name. Lord, we declare that you are the sweetest name we know. There's no one like you, Lord. There's no one like you. Thank you for your name, Lord, that is sweet as honey on our lips. Thank you that you are a friend, Lord, that sticks closer than a brother. We worship you. We glorify your name. There's no one like you. Come on, tell that mountain, mountain, be thou removed. Speak to that situation, speak to that storm. Command it to be still right now in Jesus' name. Take authority. Everybody healthy. This is a healthy church. You're the sweetest, sweetest of all. Thank you, Jesus. What do you trust in God? You're dead. What's wrong with him? Just let's lift our hands to heaven. Father, as a contact point, the word says, Paul laid his hands on aprons and handkerchiefs, gave it out, Lord, and I released the anointing of God into this cloth. And I ask you, Lord, when he touches him, that your power, Lord, shall become visible upon him. Every sickness and disease, I command it to clear out from that body in Jesus' name. And Lord, as he touches him, let life be restored to him name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. What do you trust in God to do for you, sir? Okay. Lift your hands quickly to heaven. Just lift your hands to heaven. Father, I rebuke infirmity in the leg. I command it to be healed in the name of Jesus. So no. 
Yeah, your sister's now. Father, we pray for Rachel right now. The witch says, whose report shall you believe? Come on, I want you to pray like it's your own, your own family. I rebuke this report. You foul spirit of cancer. I command you in the name of Jesus. Come out of this body. Die to the root cancer. In Jesus' name. And Lord, as this cloth touches Rachel, let the power of the Holy Ghost move through her body. In the name of Jesus, and I say, it is done. It is done, Lord. And Lord, touch this woman. With the power of the Holy Ghost, heal her. Okay. Father, we thank you for this family. Send your word to the hospital room, Lord. Touch them in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, I thank you it's done today. Yes. Give me your hands, Father. I take authority over it right now. But I break the power of darkness in Jesus' name. Yes. Give me your hands. Lord, thank you for this cry of the mother that you will hear, Lord, and do exactly as you ask. Receive it by faith in Jesus' name. Yes. Okay. Lord, I thank you for your healing power over this child in Jesus' name. And Lord, I command the healing power of the Lord. Be healed, girl, in Jesus' name. I cancel this doctor's report. We thank the Lord it's done from this morning. In the name of Jesus, amen. Yes. Just put this camera on me quickly. Father, everybody watching, I rebuke every sickness and disease. In the name of Jesus, I command sickness to go right now. Your word says that by your stripes we are healed. I release your power right now through the airwaves of this world. Let nations be healed by your mighty power. Your word says that you are the Lord who heals us, the one who takes away all disease. If I command disease, be gone in Jesus' name. Release the power of the Holy Ghost in those homes in Jesus' name. Lord, I break this authority in Jesus' name. Be healed. Come on, let's pray, church. Lord, thank you for that boy. Touches his, touch his lungs right now. In Jesus' name, I thank you, Lord. Yes. Let's check a leg quickly. Give me a chair. I want to see something medically proven, back problems. Most of the times, one leg is shorter than the other one. I'm going to test that for you quickly, okay? Just sit for me here as straight as you can. Come on, every infirmity, every pain is leaving this body today. So just sit as straight as you can, as back, as far back as you can, okay? And you just lift your legs. You gotta check this. Your leg, this leg is shorter than that one. A lot shorter than that one. Do we have it? Lord, I give you praise. I command the leg to grow right now. Here it comes. Grow in Jesus' name. Grow in Jesus' name. Come, 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 come. Come on, pray, 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 pray. Come on, here it comes, here it comes, here it comes. Here it comes, man. Come, one more centimeter. Jesus. Come on, pray, pray, pray. Dead pops, oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, look at that. Jesus, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Every infirmity, I break that power. Back be healed from this morning. In the name of Jesus. Come on, can we shout and give Jesus praise? Yes. 
Put your hand on your room if you can. Father, every cyst, I rebuke it. I command it to disappear right now. And Lord, I thank you for the gift of faith. Let it operate, Lord, through this life. From this morning in the name of Jesus. And Lord, let it be according to your faith. Gone in Jesus' name. Okay? Give me your hands quickly. Every abscess, dry up and be gone in the name of Jesus. Yeah, I feel the healing power of the Lord. No more. No more. Yes. Okay. What's the name? Give me your hands quickly. Father, I sent your word to Lorraine. Healer, Lord, pick her up today. Destroy every yoke in Jesus' name. fire of the Holy Ghost. There it goes. Lord, thank you for a fresh fire of your spirit, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that it's done right now. Infirmity, let it go. In Jesus' name. Break fear right now. Anxiety, let him go in Jesus' name. Loosen him. Loosen him today in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray. Touch him. Touch him with your fresh fire, Lord. Set him free in Jesus' name.